How about that cigar? How about that cigar? He did it kind of creepy this time. I did it. I so guys, creepy. welcome to another Tuesday night. It is How About That Cigar, episode number... 61. Episode 61. We are here live in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Thanks so much for joining us. Take just a second. Share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Let everybody know that we're live so you can join us. Ask questions. Leave comments along with us while we're broadcasting tonight. And we want to talk to you right now about Drew Estate's new Lonsdale size of the Tabac Especial. Mm. The Lonsdale size has been underappreciated, especially in the United States. However, spark one up and you'll see why it's so loved with seasoned cigar enthusiasts. And the Tabac Especial Lonsdale is no exception. Perfect for pairing with your morning coffee, the Tabac Especial Dulce Lonsdale is a three and three, or sorry, six and three quarter by 44 Vitola wrapped in a creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper with lush Sumatran binder and rich Nicaraguan fillers. When you're enjoying an after dinner espresso, however, you will want to grab a tobacco especial Negra Lonsdale. This elegant Mm. smoke is wrapped in a very dense Maduro wrapper and is the bold pick me up you need after a heavy dessert. Both Tobacco Special Lonsdale Expressions are packaged in 10-count boxes, perfect for the grab and go. For more information, visit DrewEstate.com. So, once again, episode number 61, we're, we're so happy you guys are with us tonight live on Facebook and live on YouTube. Uh, as I said, please leave comments and questions along the way. Uh, we're going to bring our special guest on the show in just a minute. Uh, but we want to talk a little bit about, you know, the fact that gradually things are starting to open up. So... You know, uh, we're seeing more and more of that depending on where you live. Um, We talk about it a lot, and we're going to keep talking about it, and that is get out there to your local brick-and-mortar cigar retailers. Uh, You know, they really need our support during this time with everything going on with uh, the coronavirus uh, lockdown and social distancing. Most of those shops are starting to at least open their doors again so you can go walk into the humidor, pick out the cigars you want to buy, and bring those home to smoke with you. For the most part, depending on the state, uh, the lounges are still closed. The smoking areas in those shops are closed. But go in there and make sure to pick up your favorite sticks on a, on a weekly basis. Support those brick-and-mortar shops because they are really important you know, to us here in the, uh, in the cigar culture. Um, you know, sporting-wise, we, we would love to talk about Minnesota Twins. Unfortunately, we can't. Um, we're really hoping that we get at least some you know, sort of a, 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 a little semblance of a baseball season, although it'll probably be, you know, not going to happen in 2020. But uh, I have been sort of living off of uh, some old uh, Twins clips. The Minnesota Twins mm-hmm. Facebook page has been replaying some, some classic games from the history of the Minnesota Twins over the, last, uh, over the last few months during the COVID lockdown. So I've been really enjoying watching some of those old games from like the 87 World Series, the 91 World Series. Yeah. It's been really good to watch. So, Matt, you know, we, we can't tease them any longer. We've got to talk about what everybody is dying to talk about. Bill and Ted three. Oh, I know. I know. So I posted that on, I saw a friend of mine posted on Facebook, the, the, the long awaited sequel to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and, and Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yep. It is called Bill and Ted's, uh, see now the song goes on or something like that. Yeah. Shoot. I can't even remember it now, but it's, uh, it, it is, it looks, it looks hilarious. It looks stupid and goofy face and face the music, face the music. So, I mean, if you were a fan of those movies, 
you know, back in the eighties, they were, they were just, you know, just these sort of stupid mindless comedies, but they, they just make you laugh. And and it's what Keanu Reeves was made to do. I'm pretty sure (laughs) it is. It is. He, he is, he is the, you know, he is that character until John wick. Yeah. Like, you know, say what you want about Keanu Reeves when he was billing, you know, doing Bill and Ted's, he was excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Then, (laughs) and then when, (laughs) you know, he did some other stuff, he did, you know, tried to be the matrix, you know, the matrix, he was okay, but you know, but when he was John wick, Oh, John wick was, was, he was solid. Yeah. Yeah. Way better. Than, I, I mean, I loved the Matrix movies, but, well, I loved the first Matrix movie. The second yeah. the second two were kind of dump, eh, dumpster fires. But they were a little bit. The, the John Wick movies were awesome, and they were yeah. completely unrealistic and mm-hmm. over the top. But, totally. You know, it's the, the, the phrase uh, from some, some other movie that escapes me right now, which is, overkill is underrated. <laughs> and that's why I love those John Wick movies, because they just go completely off the deep end with, yep. when it comes to uh, action and, and unrealistic, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, unrealistic firearm skills and God knows what else. So, um, but yeah, Bill and Ted's movie, we're so excited for that one coming out. Um, and again, We'll go back to it time and time again. Get out there, you know, and support your brick and mortar shops and get out there and stay involved in the cigar community. You know, whether mm-hmm. whether you're st- if you're still wanting to stay home, we get that. We completely understand it. Get on Zoom, get on Facebook, get face to face with people and smoke cigars and talk about the same things we normally would talk about when we're in the cigar shops, you know. And, uh, you know, just some places, you know, uh, some shops, even here in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, bring your lawn chair, go in, buy your cigars and then set your lawn chair up in the, you know, uh, out in the parking lot and sit there and, you know, enjoy a cigar with your friends. As long as it's not 90, 90 or hundred, it was a hundred degrees yesterday, Dude, here, which it was not to be, okay. to be a hundred degrees in, in Minneapolis is, uh, we don't know what to do with that we'll, kind of heat. We'll call that out of the ordinary. Um, but Guys, we have a great special guest on the show tonight. We want to welcome him right now. Uh, let me pull up my uh, paperwork here. So bringing us into our special segment of the week with our special guests, that, as always, is brought to us by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. And you'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. For more information on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSunGrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you would, welcome to episode number 61 of How About That Cigar Live, Mr. Eddie Guerra from Davidoff. Eddie! How you doing? How's it going? Man, you oh, know what? Let me see this camera right here. It's it's great. Man. We're, we're so excited to have you on the show, and, and we're excited to just talk about pretty much Everything Davidoff. We want to talk about Avo. We want to talk about Davidoff, and we're just we're we're so grateful, man, for you to spend some time with us on the show. Tell everybody a little bit about where you're broadcasting from, what you're smoking and drinking tonight. 
Uh, well, I'm broadcasting from uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, our headquarters over here in Pinellas Park, and I am smoking. Let me see where my camera is. The new Avo Classic Maduro, which is going to be uh, coming out now. It'll start hitting the stores this month, and I am enjoying a nice glass of Prisoner Red Wine, just because it's a weekday. I don't feel like going hard, so... <laughs> Red red wine is a way to go for me uh, during the week. Sometimes, as of recently, you know, I've I've been I've been toning down the, the the hard liquor and going right into wine just because I feel like, you know, we pair so much when we smoke and it gets to the point where like you can pair too much. So lower ABV kind of makes me last a little longer. So you know, it works. So. Um... Tell us a little bit about, you know, what one of the things that we like to get kind of everybody's backstory, especially when it comes to, um, you know, we're not going to ask you to take us back to birth, but give us an idea of your first experience, you know, sitting down with a premium cigar and uh, kind of how that turned into, um, you know, the the passion that you have for, for premium cigars today. Yeah, no problem. Uh, my story's weird, so... Cuban-American, parents are Cuban, my uh, father, which is unrelated to what I do, but, like, my my father was a tobacco farmer. Our families were tobacco farmers, uh, not why I'm in the business. It's just coincidence, but growing up, they were always smoking around me, like uh, most Cuban families, and uh, my first couple cigar experiences were nauseating and not really well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's that's 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 the truth right i'm not gonna give you the pr answer but what happened is later on in life um you know when i was in my early 20s uh i had a cigar that i thoroughly enjoyed and it was just one of those things that it was just like hey every once in a while you you have a cigar no big deal um i was always in hospitality and nightlife and i eventually ended up being uh relocated with the company i was with and I, I ended up living in, in Southeast Asia. So it was a completely weird, different experience and fun. And I was running a like a luxury resort beach club. And we were selling cigars to our customers. And that's kind of like when it kicked off again. And um, like after a long night, I, I, I'd light up a cigar and enjoy it. And, and really just kind of started following up with it. And um it's kind of what led me into the business after all these years while I was over there. I got sick and tired of selling Habanos in, in, in the hotel, you know, because that's all there was in, in Thailand. So I, growing up in Miami, uh, I grew up with a lot of manufacturers and their kids and, and whatnot. So I just started calling home contacts, people I grew up with, and just be like, hey, how do I get some of your cigars over here in Thailand? And some which way or another, I ended up becoming a distributor, uh, which led into becoming the largest distributor of non-Cubans in Southeast Asia. I ended up opening up, leaving that company. I started opening up whiskey and cigar bars in Bangkok and did that until I eventually was kind of forced to relocate back home. You know, the I got to experience what it was like to live through a military coup, mm. uh, which was wow. uh, kind of like the movies. And then... Uh, kind of sold everything and was just like, all right, time to move back home and start all over again. And 
I ended up uh, moving back, and a lot of the guys that I was distributing were, you know, I was fortunate enough that they offered me jobs, and um, yeah, and I jumped back into the market into the United States, you know, uh, so it was it was cool, and that that was a whole another journey in itself that went from you know working at Gurkha for for a few years and being able to do my unique style of marketing, I think for the industry and, and, and product creation and packaging design and that led into Altus USA, which now I'm here at Davidoff, which that's my very happy place. And um, this is one thing I'm kind of curious about just going back to, you know, the times that you, you spent some time uh, opening up, like you said, uh, cigar bars or cigar and whiskey bars in those yeah. areas. Um, what, what were, what was kind of the main clientele? Uh, for those were Dude, they so, all over the world or was it mainly people from the states or what it's so so i mean thing to keep in mind is southeast asia right so in thailand there's a 400 percent import on tax let's just start Whoa. off with that jeez so plus what it costs to import it and to give you an example one of the reasons why i was tired of habanos right so i was selling cohiba robustos for 125 us dollars in thailand <laughs> because that, that's just the cost right so before i even knew about import taxes or any of that stuff just as a, as a hotelier and i was just like this is fucking crazy yeah like i grew up with the padrones i i know nick perdomo like how how their cigars burn you know like and this is before being like kind of ingrained in the business just like as a consumer so yeah uh it was it was interesting so importing that it's it obviously came in as significantly cheaper but at the end of the day like man you know cigars that would retail here and in you know florida for seven eight dollars are still retailing over you know you're still getting those seven eight dollar robustos in 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 asia for 25 26 dollars you know and, and people people were smoking three or four days so in short uh definitely the upper class right uh but definitely a lot of expatriates so it was it was like a really interesting mix you would see all sorts of expat americans british german dutch um and then like a lot of political and high net worth business uh ties you know and yeah. um it was interesting. It was like a really cool way to join the, the scene, the market, because uh, my experience was totally nothing like what the U.S. market is like. So when I was developing events and developing, like, you don't walk into these places unless you're in a suit. Like, it just, yeah. it's that, it's very old school, very traditional, you know? So it's, the, the whole hey, we're going to do an event and it's like a buy three cigars and you get one. And it's like the people that would come to these events, they, they, they weren't even interested in that. They were just like, yeah. what's the best thing you got? I'm yeah. going to pay for it and give me a rare single malt. So it was really about service, old school service culture. Uh, the fact that you're actually enjoying a beautiful handmade product. You know, I think, yeah. you know, be, because of the way it's evolved in the United States, we kind of forget that. You know, we're just like, oh, I want this cigar. I want that cigar. And you're just, you're going through three or four or five cigars a night, which I mean, I do sometimes too. But like, if you really pay attention to the amount of hours that goes days, years into this. Oh, yeah. Like you're, you're, 
when you smoke it, you sit there and you really, you enjoy it, man. So like, it was, it was really neat. And, um, I'm really happy that I had that experience because when I was able to come into the States and jump into business here, the, the, the marketing that I understood from the liquor world combined with that old school, old world experience was definitely something that wasn't happening here. So it was able to differentiate the type of stuff that we did. So yeah, I'm kind of thankful for that. So yeah, awesome. in, in that kind of case, it was, it was sort of, like you said, a lot of the clientele, um, they weren't concerned about freebies or cost or anything like that. They were, was, it doesn't would, exist. Yeah. Would you, <laughs> would you say it was like a, sort of like the experience, like you said, of, of, of just making everything, you know, they wanted the absolute best. They wanted the absolute best, you know, so you have, the only time I would give away stuff, right. Is if I had somebody walk into any of my venues with a Habano, cause I didn't sell Cubans there. And which was a bold statement because I'm Cuban. Right. So like it was, it was a bold statement at the time, like all the press, like Cuban guy comes in here, but doesn't sell Cubans and people obviously, right. It's, they would show up with their cohibas or something. And you see them sometimes they're plugged and I'd walk over and be like, this one's on me, <laughs> you know, like, cause I, yeah. I, I knew the, the, the comeback, right. Um, it, it's, it's literally all about experience. No, you know, sometimes when, when you're really about that, like you're not interested in the free stuff or the lower price stuff. Cause you think something is wrong with it. Yeah. Like if it's cheap, it must not be good. You know? Yeah. So it, it was a, a cultural battle to try to explain to them, you know, like all the brands. And I, I, I think I carried the 14 strongest brands at that time. So, uh, to have them try amazing products and be like, Oh wow. Okay. This is, it's interesting. It, it was cool. It was definitely neat. So did, did you, have you seen any of that? I mean, I know it's definitely toned down a lot in the last, I don't know, I'd say the last decade, fortunately, um, uh, American consumers uh, are very exposed to a lot of great Nicaraguan brands, Dominican brands, Honduran brands, and so forth. And, and fortunately the, you know, the word is out when it comes to, um, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of myth about Habanos and did, uh, how have you seen that progress over the last number of years in, in the States and maybe even other areas around, around the world? I mean, Non-Cuban has definitely made its mark. I mean, it's out there. I mean, it's it's really out there. It's already at this point, like, every country knows. People know. People have tried it. I mean, I think it's a, it's a matter of flavor profile at this point. Um, so take the American consumer, for example. We're, since we were used to non-Cubans, like, we're used to cigars that have multi-country blends. So the complexity yeah. that we that we are used to, you're just, even if you get a perfect burning cumin, you're just, it, do, it doesn't taste the same. I'm not saying it's bad, you know, like I'm just saying it's not complex that way. They're, it's pretty one dimensional. So, you know, um, you know, so I always say like, you just got to be in a mood for that kind of flavor. Right. It's the best way, you know, for me to say it. But I, I definitely think Dominican, Nicaraguan, Honduran, even up to Costa Rica, I mean, it's made its mark, you know, yeah. it, it's out there and, and people know it. I also think you got to think of reality. It's like, and I use this analogy quite a bit. Think of French wine, right? 
I mean, I would say California wine's better. Argentinian, yeah. Italian. But at the end of the day, French wine is French wine because you got fucking ages of promotion of Bordeaux and French wine. So you have, and what I call the glory years of tobacco, right? You have, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, of, of the glory years. I mean, that was Cuban tobacco at that time. So globally, 30 years of people pounding you of just, we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. There's no competition. We're the best, we're the best. To me, it's the same thing as French wine. I'm not saying it's bad. I like French wine. I'm just, I think California's better. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, I, I think it's just conditioning. Well, and it's it's also, <laughs> sorry, we're <laughs> laughing just because I have some family mem- family members that are, that are, trolling the question trolling the comments right now <laughs> so we can just ignore them <laughs> i would they're, like- they're asking about swisher sweets and uh that kind of thing so they're they're definitely trolling hard right now which yeah. we love we love it i appreciate the trolling game i do yep. we love it uh matt i do want to talk about <laughs> i'm one of them thinking. are you a troll no, I, I, I like to, when I, when I see friends online or I see them in interviews, I like to bombard them with private text messages and make them <laughs> screw up. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I, anyone 100%. that knows me personally, I'm, I'm a total prankster and I, I'm very serious when it comes to work. But other than that, I'm not serious at all. All right. So I want to talk about this Avo 2020. Uh, phenomenal. I'm going to get in trouble for smoking so many of them already. It's to yeah. the point. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's a cigar. So with the the bourbon that I'm drinking right now, uh, Henry McKenna Ten Year Bourbon. It's a lot of times with a cigar that people would maybe classify as as mild or mild to medium. Um, people shy away from pairing um, richer bourbons or scotches or rums with a cigar like this. But there's there's some underlying spice and things in this blend that stand up to the bourbon without any problem. The bourbon is not overpowering the cigar by any stretch. No, it's not gonna. I mean, that that cigar, you know, people first see it because they see the the kinetic wrapper, they're just kind of like, ah, it's not not so strong. But I mean, that cigar's got some, it's got some heat to it, man. It's got some power. So, there's not many cigars that you could say, I have a couple in, in the back of my mind that you could be like, all right, it's Connecticut, but I could actually smoke this at all times of the day with all liquors or yeah. whatever meal I had and be like, I'm good. You know, like sometimes, you know, you feel like you have a heavy meal. Man, I want something bold, powerful. Like I could actually smoke that after a heavy meal and be like, oh, man, I'm good. Like this is, mm-hmm. this hangs. I think it's a, it's an interesting cigar. I, I, I love it. It was the first project i worked on when i when i when i joined the company um proud of it man i i, I really do love it i i think it's interesting i, I find the whole avo improvisations an interesting as well you know like every year it's, it's they've been so different you know um and to come out with something like this i i think this is going to be one that's going to people are going to talk about for years for sure well and so. you know i when people ask me for a sweet cigar, I say, you know, two things. One, do you mean artificially sweetened or do you mean naturally sweet? And I think that's a good question because I don't know if many people could actually taste naturally sweet. Dude, 
I mean, I, we can because we're smokers, right? right? But like, and I, that's I, why, you know, it's one of those things that you want to gauge. What is your palate like? Are you an experienced smoker or, you know, are you looking for acids? You know, n- no disrespect to acids. There's a, you but know, there, but it's different. It's just totally different. different. It's, different. I mean, it's a totally yeah. different product. Yeah. You know, so uh, this cigar will definitely go into my sweet category and it is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's definitely, you know, I've been taking advantage of everything kind of reopening, especially where we're living um, and it being summertime. And I live like two miles from the sand. <laughs> so I've, I've been I've been actually going to the beach and smoking that thing with uh, some rosé wine, which there's not many cigars you can pair with rosé wine. It's not the manliest thing to say in the world, but I enjoy it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Whatever. Man. It is what it is what it is. But, like, that's one of those cigars I could do that, and then I could also put it against some bourbon, you know? Like, you're doing it right now, and it's it's great. It's really, you know, I have a theory when it comes to limited editions. And this is a personal opinion. I'm not saying it's law, but, like, I feel when you do a limited edition, it's got to be something that could appease everybody. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than doing a limited edition that blows your damn face off. And people are like, oh, <laughs> man, this is an annual limited edition, but, like, I don't smoke strong. But not everybody smokes strong, but everyone could smoke medium to mild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So I, I think when, when you make a limited edition that's going to be rare and something that's a collectible, it should be something you could pick up at any point in your life later on if you had a box and you're collecting and all that stuff and you could still light it up and enjoy it. And I think this fits that profile quite well. And so Eddie, what can you tell us about this 2020 and the improvisation line in general? There's not what? many left, so go buy them. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so once it's gone, it's gone. It is. Um, yeah, I've already smoked my allotment. <laughs> uh no it, it's a it's a phenomenal cigar that you know take packaging aside like it's a total collectible the packaging is stunning uh price wise for a limited edition of this caliber it's still at a fairly good price at 16 dollars um but again like this is you know at davidoff we have two factories in the dominican republic and this is made in one of our special factories and it's pretty much all dominican except for the wrapper which is ecuadorian connecticut but it's got, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different types of tobacco in it. So when you think of like the true complexity behind that, it's, it's pretty intense, you know? So um, I'm already getting a transition. And that's, that's what I like. And I feel like, I think as smokers, you, every month your palate changes, right? Like you mm-hmm. go through these phases where like, oh man, I'm only smoking Maduro or I'm only smoking Connecticut. I'm only whatever Habanos. Like I feel like our palates are constantly evolving. And yeah. I think though, the more that you smoke, you do really start enjoying cigars that are a little bit more, I don't know if the word is delicate, but like, like where you can really start picking up on, there's some different tobaccos in here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so like there's certain cigars and while I enjoy this in a public setting with a lot of people, this is also one of those cigars that I like to actually sit at home by myself and be like, no one bother me, dude. Like, yeah, I'm concentrating mm-hmm. on this thing. And I'm enjoy. I'm, I'm going to really like, God, it's so taggy. It's, it's the old tagline from Avo, but I'm really going to like savor this moment. You know, like it, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's special, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and and there there really isn't much left to be honest. Uh, we much. we launched it not. I'm hearing you on much. I'm going to hit you up after the show and we'll talk. Yeah, no, there isn't, man, because you, uh-huh. you, you got to think about it. Like when you release uh-huh. 2,500 boxes and there's 16 counts, right? So mm-hmm. they, they fly rather quickly. And they just think about how many stores are in the United States. People want four or five boxes at a store. Like it just starts. Again, like the conversation we had before we went on live, like, when it came to some limited editions, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna keep a couple boxes for myself. And they're like, mm, they're already sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh this would fall under that category. So it's, it's special. Um I, I recommend everybody to, you know, not everyone can afford a box, but grab a couple. You'll yeah. enjoy them. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um and the retro hail's killer too. There's <laughs> there's uh you know, it's it's got a good mix of uh, of the sweet and spice, both. So yeah, no, for sure. Um, we have we have good stuff this year. Um, like I'm I'm pretty happy about the the releases that we have coming out between that and and the classic Maduro, which I'm thoroughly enjoying right now. Which um, both cigars are. It's cool when you work and you're releasing products and you actually love all of them. Yeah. So I want to I want to get an idea of going back to when you first came into your role with Davidoff. You know when uh, obviously having experience in already having experience in in the cigar industry. Um, when you mm-hmm. first landed at Davidoff, you know what is kind of the process that you go through as far as you know learning about the company, learning about the history, learning about the lines and the blends, and then and then working on those new projects that are going to be upcoming. Um, you know, like you said, this was the first project really that you worked on directly when you, when you came to Davidoff. So yeah. what did the process look like for you when you started to really, you know, get, um, get hands on with the projects and start working with the people at Davidoff. I mean, Davidoff was an interesting transition. Um, like, First and foremost, like I'm, a, I'm I, I do classify my, classify myself as a cigar dork, right? Like, like I don't just work at a company. I, I fit that mold of like I do what I love, right? So, uh, and still to today, like I'm, I'm constantly, what are you doing on the weekend? Oh, I'm going to this shop and I'm hanging out because like I, that's that's what I do, man. You know, so I, I knew, uh, and I smoke everything. So like I, I was obviously very familiar with the brand. I used to sell it in in Asia as well. Um, it was one of those things that I always kind of envisioned myself working there. And, and somehow it, I was very fortunate that my growth path in this industry led me through some great companies and right into where I wanted to be. Um, so my, my onboarding was cool because like I already knew quite a bit, but it, it was a lot. Um, it was, it was a lot to see the difference between where I was before and where I was going, just how everything works differently. And, um, I mean, Davidoff is a machine as far as a company goes, man. They, it's, it's impressive. So it was interesting to join that system and see how far ahead of innovation planning cycle they are and, and how much care and and truth they try to put behind everything you know so um 
and I say that because there's, you know, companies where they work on stuff and, and like they, they manipulate stories, you know? So, uh, they, Davidoff was very adamant about sticking to what they said they were going to do. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And, um, you know, going through the process is interesting. The innovation team is, is, you know, I'm pretty sure you've heard of the legends in Dominican Republic, you know? Uh, Oh, yeah. So that's uh, intimidating, to say the least. Yeah. Um, And, you know, equally, there's there's very impressive people at Global Headquarters in in Basel, Switzerland, you know? So, um, and then we have legends within our own inside the U.S. So, like, it it was... um, it was interesting. It was like stepping into the all-star team. So uh, yeah. it was a little overwhelming at first, but like I settled in, you know, I have, I have what I do and, and, and what I specialize in and, and I'm pretty confident in that. And not many people do what I do. And I'm pretty proud of that uh, yeah. in terms of the the style that I work, but Davidoff was, was, was cool you know uh their innovation schedule is crazy ahead of time so like we're already working on projects for 2022 literally you know yeah. we're, we're two years in advance working on on really cool innovative stuff and and that's um it's awesome man i i i have no other way to describe it like I, i've been able to be in this industry and kind of witness it at so many different aspects to having my own whiskey cigar bars overseas being the privately owned mom and pop company to write into the, the big AUSA, yeah. Alters USA, like managing Monte Cristo, Trinidad and all that stuff, which that was like, you know, an honor in itself. That was cool time and great. But then it's just seeing every transition. I don't know. It was, uh, it's kind of hard to describe. Um, and then what I do there is it, really all encompassing. So I'm, I'm the senior brand manager over there. So I manage all brands, Davidoff, Avo, Camacho, uh, back to back, and then so on and so forth. Uh, you know, Griffin's Baccarat, ST DuPont. Yeah. Um, it's not like there's a brand manager per brand. So pretty much handle everything and, and work closely with all the teams to develop the plans for the future, innovation, how are we going to market, which is kind of where I, that's my comfort zone, you know, uh, I kind of picture a product and say, all right, this is how I want to release it. This is how I want to promote it. This is the, I try to capture emotions. Um, um, and, and I always try to market outside of the cigar business. If that makes sense. I always market a lifestyle versus an actual product. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not as much as I'm interested in everybody in a cigar shop. I, I, I don't want to enter the race of everybody fighting for the same person in the humidor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd rather go. No, go I'd ahead. Go bigger. Yeah. I'd rather go bigger, you know, uh, celebrity partnerships, super luxury lifestyle partnerships, whether it's with wineries or watches or whatever, because the reality is most of the people that buy cigars don't know anything about cigars. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I want to kind of let those people know, hey, we're the ultimate premium. We align with these brands. We have these brand partnerships come in. Um, you know, it, it's it's just different style of positioning, which I enjoy. 
So let's just talk about all the different hats you wear because Davidoff is in everything and they touch so many different uh, products outside of cigars, you know, um, just within cigars, um, you know, what are the brands and the accessories that we're talking about that falls under your cap? I mean, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the answer yes. is yes. The answer is yes. So we're the, talking. The answer is yes. Davido, uh, Davido, Avo, Davidoff, St. Dupont, um, and and on down the line, you know, Zeno, Zeno, Camacho, Camacho, Baccarat. Yeah, li- li- literally everything. Everything so, you, you know. Want, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And you know. I can't take credit for everything that happens because we, you know, I have a, a magnificent team, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I may work hard, but I'm nothing without my team. So like we, we collectively drink a lot. Awesome. Yeah. We collectively drink a lot, but like we, <laughs> we, we, we really work hard for the same goal and, and innovation and, and sell out. And, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about the company as a whole is um you know when i first started joining the company they don't call our accounts accounts right they call them business partners you know and at first i was like oh man that's kind of quirky it's kind of cool i love i like that then i started realizing that our sales team unlike any other company i've ever seen really is doing business planning with people so uh they're not just i'm not just trying to sell you product but the whole point is we're business partners it's about how we're going to sell the product through your store and sell you out and make you more money, you know? Yeah. And um, it's an interesting thing because it's, it's, it's really grown through this whole COVID crisis. You know, like first thing and foremost was, are, is everyone okay? How are your stores? Is everything cool? Mm-hmm. Let's figure out a way to sell the product to make you money because no one else is making money. So let's make you some money so you could survive and pay your employees and all that stuff. So versus like, Oh, I'm just, I got this major discount and just load you up a product that you can't sell anyways. Right. So it's more like, let's move what you have in inventory and let's try to help you out. And, um, it, it's really, um, refreshing and cool. So, yeah. Um, and we were talking a little bit before we went live, you know, just about things starting to open up and Florida's pretty much open. I mean, for the most part, pretty much, but yeah. you know, during the, you know, during the time that everything across the country, really across the globe was kind of shut down Mm. you know what are what are some of those things that you really i mean aside from uh going into the shops and meeting with um you know business partners and things like that what you know what are just some of the things that you found yourself missing that when they finally started to reopen whether it was a restaurant or an event or anything like that what are some of those things that you thought to yourself i'm so glad this is open again and and you you went out there and uh, you know, that, that one restaurant or that one bar or, or event or place that you that you said, okay, I got to go there right now. Cause I've been missing it for a couple months. No, it, it's, it's food, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, dude, it's like, I don't want to say I'm a food snob, but I'm, you know, like I like it's to okay eat to well, say that. you know? Yeah. No, because like, it could be taken. You might be like, oh, I only eat fancy food. No, it's not that. Like, I just I yeah. love great food. So, like, I since I had to move over here, I don't have my house. My house is still in Miami. I'm in a I'm in a loft, so I can't I can't 
smoke food anymore. So like, oh. it was like the bar. I could cook. I could damn cook. But like, dude, smoke brisket, mm. ribs, all that stuff. Like, it was just like we were we were just sitting there like, dude, when is this opening back up? I yeah. miss that. Uh, you know, I don't make pizza, and granted pizza places are open but not everything was open so it was just it was really like the whole food thing because everything else we got man like we're still able to smoke we're still able to be on zoom chats and talk to people and do that part you know we're still able to drink so like almost all those bases were covered it was just really and we could still work out indoors i i you know so the only thing that was really missing is going out and enjoying food with friends and and like conversing and and just at that level but yeah, I got very fortunate. Like my COVID wasn't as bad as everybody. Like, I mean, I know some people have suffered, but my, my whole experience was, was all right. It's just, I mean, considering that I'm complaining about food. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest hardship is, is you can't go to your favorite, uh, you know, your favorite restaurant. Yeah. Well. You know, the other thing, actually, there, there is something else I kind of really actually sucked, sucked, sucked. And it wasn't even food. It was just like, I was just kind of, I missed my family. Right. So I, I didn't want to drive down to Miami and take the risk of seeing my 75 year old parents. You right. Know? So, I mean, I, I got very fortunate. Like for example, last week was my father, no, the week before was my father's 75th birthday. So like, take a COVID test, wait for results, stay in quarantine, drive down. Cause like, there's no way I'm going to risk a 75 year old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, that was an awesome experience. And I really enjoyed that. But coming back home, like it really made me think like, shit, every time I want to go see my parents, I got to get my nose jammed up. That hurts by the way. It feels like they poke the back of your eyeballs out. <laughs> right. uh, but like, legitimately because you're not going to risk you know any elders well-being yep uh until there's an actual vaccine really right so it's like damn mom dad like i'm not going to see you guys until i can get a test and you can't always get a test so it's like every time i go down like that part kind of sucks yeah but other than that like i've i've been fortunate you know so so you had, uh, you know, you had you had your smoker. You're making briskets, and it's it's so funny how uh, just about every show the conversation turns to barbecue. Um, mm. And so, so because not everybody can barbecue. That's and true. Who doesn't like barbecue? So right. It what? really appeases everybody because you it, can smoke anything. You can smoke. You can smoke seafood. If chicken. you're if you're not you know you can chicken, turkey, sausage, beef, pork. Oh mm. yeah. Oh. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, like literally it makes everybody happy. So if, uh, let's just say you had to choose between, I mean, is, do you have a favorite style of, of barbecue? If we're, uh, and we're talking Ooh. like Texas style versus St. Louis style versus Memphis style. What, what's your favorite style? Are Carolina. you a sauce guy or a dry rub guy? <sighs> Dude. So, it depends. Matt just wants to know if you rub your meat. That's right. That's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, what w- was sauce or dry rub? <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> all right. Uh, it's it, it's 
it's the exfoliate or moisturize. <laughs> right. Much. There it is. Uh, you know, it, it's tricky, right? Like, it's kind of like asking me what's my favorite cigar. I can never answer that. Yeah. It depends mm-hmm. what the fuck I'm in the mood for. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like all the above, right? So I have lived in Texas. I have had, well, still do, I have property in like North Carolina, right? So that's, I'm, I'm literally two big bases because St. Louis is a mixture of the both. A lot of people don't realize that like Texas is beef barbecue, North Carolina's pork barbecue. Yeah. St. Louis is just fucking everything. Mm-hmm. They're winning. They're winning, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, man, that's tricky. That's that's a hard question. I think it's, I, I, I guess at the I guess at the end of the day, I'm gonna have to go with dry rub. If I had to choose, had to, I'm gonna have to go with dry rub because I don't always want sauce, but when I want mm-hmm. it, I really want it. 100%. But I could live with just dry rub. Yeah. Okay, so now we get, we talk about the different sauces. You know, you talked about North Carolina. For me, that Carolina sauce, dude, that vinegar base, that's my jam. Vinegar base is good. It's good. I, you know, I did live overseas in the country where everything is extremely spicy. So. Oh, yeah, Thailand. If you've never. Yeah. So, like, Thai barbecue sauce for me for some reason. So, anything that has some heat behind it mm-hmm. is my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, which, totally off topic. You ever watch Hot Ones? Do I have? Yeah. I, I subscribe I, I, to the I, monthly hot sauces. I found a store here the other day that carries all the sauces that they have on that show, and I I actually want to do my own personal hot ones challenge. Dude, but uh, I would so do off, that, yeah, was, dude. Right, like completely off topic, yeah. but uh, I I just I like sauce that has a little heat to it, even if it's sweet mm-hmm. heat. But I like I like heat. But flavor so. first, and then heat. Because I, I mean, too much heat will burn your taste buds. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. And uh, too many, you know. I know a lot of spice guys who are all about you know heat and heat and heat. And I'll try some of the hot sauces that they have. Sure, they're hot, you know. And I'm a hot sauce connoisseur. But if it doesn't have good flavor, yeah, I'm not. I'm not in is. for pain just for pain's sake. Like if you're gonna burn me, I want it. I want it you know, hurt me good. Well, and it's not much different. I mean, it's, 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 you can equate it to cigars. Like Eddie, you were saying earlier about special editions shouldn't be, you know, uh, quadruple Lajero super face burners. Of course you know? not. There should be balance. They shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the same is true with, uh, um, with sauce. The same is true with spice levels in food. Um, and, and also true with, I mean, even even bourbon, like this bourbon that I'm drinking right now, it's, yeah, it's an alcoholic beverage, but the it's it's about the flavors and the nuance and the stuff that you get out of the bourbon. It's not, if, if I just want straight alcohol, I might as well just pour myself a glass of Everclear because, but then what's the point? Because it tastes like. I do, I do, I do have a question now. Yeah. What's your bourbon? Mm-hmm. What's your bourbon? <laughs> See, that's like asking me my favorite kind of barbecue or cigar. I had to choose. If you had, I have, I have two. That if like the world was gonna end, they're like, dude, you, you, there's two bourbons. Like I have two, right? One is Widow Jane, which I think is ridiculous, and then I would say Michter's. Um, I have had Widow Jane. I don't. Th- 
I, this is going to sound weird, but I don't think I've ever had Michter's before. Um, oh, my God. It's the first bourbon. You know, like you read taste profiles and you're just like, like on anything, whether it's cigars or, or liquor, you're just like wine. Like, oh, I taste these. I taste that. And you're like, okay. It's the first time I've ever had a bourbon where they're like nose of bananas and kind of tastes like a hint of bananas. And I mm. was like, holy shit. Huh. It really does. Well, I would have to say if if I had to choose two bourbons to, you know, to only have those for the rest of my life, one has got to be this this Henry McKenna 10 year because I mean, if if I'm paying out of pocket for it because this stuff is it's outstanding nuanced bourbon and it's 40 bucks a bottle if you can get your hands By the way, on it. Price and age has nothing to do with quality. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if the other bourbon I choose is so, um, Basil Hayden's makes a, a one that's finished in Caribbean rum casks. I have not had that, and it is. Outstanding. I would be interested in trying that. It is I very, like Basil very good. Because it, I like Basil Hayden because it's not offensive. Yeah, yeah, it's approachable. It's again like the cigar you're smoking right now. It's not offensive. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just straight quality no matter what like no one can say i don't like that bourbon if you like bourbon shit that's too strong you'd be like "Ooh, that's too strong but if it's yeah. perfectly balanced you'd be like all right i can deal with this and if ronnie was still on the show he would tell us that his favorite bourbon is uh you know that good old number seven jack daniels oh yeah <laughs> that's his not- favorite bourbon technically not bourbon technically not. not bourbon no and he'll tell you i'll tell you what <laughs> man i went to earlier. the uh I went to the distillery two years ago, and I was never really the biggest Jack Daniels fan. But when I went to the distillery, I kind of walked away like, all right. Respect. You got some good juice, you know. You just got to know what you're buying, but you got some good juice. I heard yeah. those those tours at the at the Jack Daniels is uh, is a pretty cool tour. It's an extremely impressive tour. And it's when you see their warehouse, I mean it, – it's impressive all around. What's even crazier is that it's in a dry county. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You so know, you could buy it anywhere in the world except for there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most bizarre thing. Yeah. But it's 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 amazing. So going back to um and this kind of mixes two questions, you know, from all the let and let's let's focus right now on 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 the Avo lines, you know, everything from, you know, okay. the, you know, the, the, the synchro Nicaragua, the, the, you know, the, the, the Ritmo, the, the classic, the, the new soon to be released classic Maduro that you're smoking right now. You know, what is the, what is that one? If, you know, let's, let's say that Avo was, was it as far as cigars that you could find on a store shelf somewhere in, in on planet earth. What is that one that you would say, I'm going to smoke this one every day. Fuck. <laughs> I know it's not an easy question. It's like picking. That's bucks, not you know? an easy question because like, this is a, like, I knew a lot about Avo before I joined the company, but I didn't know it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until like, you really have the portfolio in front of you on a daily basis. So it's like, you're constantly. So like, you know, it, it's really broken up in two pillars, Coraline and, and Synchro. And 
they really well like thought out well the core line right i'm not even against the synchro yet that's that's after like when you think of the core line like the classic i mean it's a, it's no no brainer why it's the number one seller in in, in like cuz it's it's not offensive but it's got great flavor XO to me is something that I mean you look at my Instagram I smoke it a lot I I, I love the XO uh, I love the flavor behind it uh, I love the story behind it of six years rolled and then you know like it, it's just it makes sense but it's creamy it's amazing I also love the color for some reason I'm like attracted to that orange yeah that mm-hmm. um, it actually does play a weird this part of my decision heritage though for me probably out of the core line, while it's the stronger one out of all of them, it's still not strong. Like their core line is still very elegant. So it's nothing's overpowering. It's old school. So I would say heritage is probably the way to go for me when it comes to the core line. When it comes to the synchro line, <sighs> man, they're all so good. It's so different. Mm-hmm. Like Ritmo is, you know, Ritmo, Rimmel is another seven country blend. Yeah. Which is nuts. Yeah. So complexity is, is nuts. The original, you know, Synchro Nicaragua, the Fogata, like it's great, but I, I, the original Synchro probably for me is, I don't know, man, that's, I enjoy that thoroughly. Well, one that kind of blew me away when it first came out, when the, when the Ritmo first dropped, I, and I'm not a big, I typically smoke, you know, ring gauges from, you know, 42 to maybe 52. And I will, I, I yeah, will throw in bigger cigars. But in the, in the Ritmo, the, the bigger size, that, that fatter um, box press in that cigar, I actually works. think it's, uh, it might be the best size in, in the Ritmo line. I just think it works really well in that big ring gauge. It's funny that you say that because I kind of feel the same way. And um, I had one on Friday. You know, that day I was telling you I was time traveling. So uh, <laughs> before I time traveled, I have one. And uh, I was I was literally thinking the same thing. I was like, man, I'm not really – I don't like big ring gauges. It's just, it's just not my thing, you know. Uh, but for some reason, the way they blended the, the percentages of tobacco in that one size, like it, it just – like I remember smoking, going, "This is, damn, this is good." So, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, Avil is really, it's a fun brand. It's, it's really, I feel very fortunate to be able to work with these brands. You know, Avil is yeah. a fun brand to work with. Even Camacho, Camacho is an also mm-hmm. pretty awesome brand to work with. So, yeah. well, and Camacho has gone through such a metamorphosis in the last ten years, uh, and it's, it's, it's been an exciting brand to, you know, even, even before we were doing cigar media just as, as, uh, as cigar consumers and fans, it's been a fun brand to watch evolve over the last 10 years. Yep. It has, you know, um, what I, what I appreciated about it is they always stuck true to their roots. Yeah. You know, this was like as, as an outsider before coming in, right? Like, like they really, they are the Kings of Corojo, right? So, and, they they incorporated in every blend, but like it, it really stuck true to his roots of like you know people confuse it a lot when it's like you know 
the whole bold thing. Yes, they are. They are one hundred percent bold cigars. Every single one of them. But bold doesn't necessarily mean strength. It means flavor, right? So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you smoke the Connecticut, it's it's not strong, but it's like super flavorful. Um, and same thing with with Ecuador. I think Ecuador is probably my favorite Camacho right now. But it's it's like the underdog for yeah. some reason. But like it is arguably for me the best cigar in the entire portfolio. Well, and one of the things that I have always in my own head used to discern, you know, when people talk about strong cigars versus and and then the word bold cigars, in my head, I discern it as this strong cigars, you know, strength is that it's that it's that feeling in, you know, like like you just had a you know, like you just did a shot of whiskey. You know, you get that feeling up in the top of your chest like you just did a shot of whiskey when you're smoking a cigar that that really has true honest lajero strength and and in some cases you know from from a lot of different brands across the world if sometimes those blends that are just strength blends you get that feeling but there's there's not much there that's discernible as far as flavors go and that's where the word bold comes in for me when i think about a bold cigar i think about something that is uh it's discernibly what it claims to be so if it's a if it's a if it's a bold because you can have a bold connecticut cigar Mm -hmm. all day long to me that's a that's a cigar that it it smokes like it tastes like it smells like a connecticut cigar and you can have a bold corojo cigar and a bold uh uh broadleaf cigar and so on all the way down the line and it's when those flavors that it when the flavors of the, the the leaf that what that cigar is meant to taste like when that comes through to me, that's what bold means. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why, you know, with uh, a lot of lines, including the Camacho line, when when you smoke the different lines, the different the different bands, whether it's the Connecticut, the Ecuador, uh, the Corojo, any of them, it, it tastes, they, they, they're each bold because they are what they are. They taste like what, what they're, what they're built to be. So, and I, yeah, and, well and, and I feel like they don't, you know, I, I I agree with you with the whole strength thing, but I also like strength. I don't really, I mean, I notice it in retro hail, but like, I really don't notice it till about fifteen minutes in when I start feeling feeling the nicotine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like when that ooh, man, I need something to eat or yeah. I need mm-hmm. some water. <laughs> you yeah. know, so. Um, and, and well, I want to I want to go I, back to the avo. Real quick. Yeah. And I just want to put in my vote for the classic number two. That's good. I smoked one today. What are are the chances of that? Right. (laughs) Uh, For me. What are the chances of that? That would be, you know, if I had a, you know, an AVO selection of my desert island, it would be the number two. It's never done me wrong. It's always been a solid cigar, super tasty. And, you know. Uh, I, I love that cigar. It's a classic and a pillar of uh, of cigars. Yeah, no, I think it's great. So I have, I'm going to call it a pro tip, right? When when it comes to anything that we make, I personally love all of our tubos, all right? And the reason why I like them 
is because at the end of the day, I'm still like a classic kind of guy. Like there's one thing I love about Cuban cigars, which is Cuban cigars, since they never come in solo, they mm-hmm. all have that distinct like cedar blast. And for yeah. some reason, for me personally, I love that, you know? 100%. So all of our tubos, the cigars are not in cello, but inside the tubo, they're wrapped in cedar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while it's the same blend, same everything, there's just something special about, you know, taking that cigar out of the tube and it just fucking cedar all day long. And and I, the, the classic in the tubo for me is money man yeah you know so and and i'll say the same thing with with davidoff like anniversario number three in it in the tube forget it that thing is yeah it, it's mm. it's 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 special man yeah so we uh we we smoked some of those on the show a few months ago when when uh when class was on the show with us and um it's it, it really does have that, like you said. It's got that that uh, that kick of cedar, and it a little hint of it stays throughout the whole smoking experience. Always, and 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 it's it's amazing, you know. Like I understand, you know, you have the, the never ending debate: cello, no cello, <laughs> that whole thing. I, I understand the need for cello because yeah. the amount of cigars that get returned because they get damaged, and also you don't want people picking up your shit. Right. You know, like I get that, I get that, hundred percent completely. Man, there's nothing like that cedar aroma. Mm-hmm. There, there, there really, there really is nothing like. And that's, I think that's one of the things I love most about going to factories and stuff, where you could go right into the cedar rooms and you're just like, "Yep, I'm taking this." You know, so uh, <laughs> you know, like, um, so the tubos for me and in, in, in all of our cigars are are a way to go. Um, yeah. if you ever have, you know, yeah, that tubo number two. Hmm. Yeah. Big fan so, of that. Um, you know, early, early in 2020, um, Davidoff announced that, uh, it wouldn't be exhibiting at the trade show and now there's not going to be a trade show. So, you know, that's pretty much the case for everybody now in the, in the premium cigar industry. But I want to know, you know, from you, what are you, what is, what is Davidoff and all the, all the companies within the Davidoff family? What are you guys doing to, you know, really continue engaging with, uh, with your, uh, retail partners, your business partners, consumers, things like that? Um, sort of in the absence of, uh, normal, I guess, right now. I mean, I, you know, I, Davidoff in general, like, again, like, I guess how I, said a little while ago we we really do treat everyone like our business partners you know mm-hmm. um so like what we were offering or or whatever would happen at a trade show i mean that's never going to change right um in general what what's going to happen is kick up the support that we will have for our business partners you know uh really and and I think that was going to happen whether PCA was happening or not. Like you just got to always figure out a way to help out your partners and, and, and help them make money because in turn you make money, you know? So it, it's really more about coming in and coming up with different programs, different promotional materials, sales mixes. I mean, the list could go on and on, but like, how do we help 
our partners succeed. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's always been the goal from day one, you know, um, as far as the trade show goes, like, I don't really comment too much on that kind of stuff because again, it's, it's, it's definitely above my pay grade, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, like it is what it is, you know, uh, trade shows in general, in general, forget the cigar business. Mm. The world has evolved. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, Trade shows were extremely useful in the 80s and the 90s because that's where you find out about products. Yeah. And it, it was really an informational gathering of an industry. Um, you know, the way media has turned nowadays, internet and all that stuff, like we're, we're flooding the world with information. Like it's, it's not necessary. And, and, and when you look at shows that have been stables for 40, 50 years, it's like, we're not going to do this anymore. And same thing with fashion shows and all that stuff. It's just, it's breaking down. It's because the model's broken, man. You know, yeah. like the world's got to evolve, um, you know, somehow, some way in, in the cigar business, like it turned into the trade show was initially for information, but then it turned into this thing of like, that's where you'll get these deals. And then you have every other company in the world. Like everyone is in the fight to the bottom, I call it. Right. <laughs> Meaning, like, I'm, I need to push product. Like, they're not thinking business partner relationship. They really aren't. Yeah. You know, like, I just want to move volume and volume, whether they sell or not. So it's about what deal you're going to get, this, that. And then that turned into the fact of, like, people are offering these deals months before the trade show and months after the trade show. So it's, like, with the cost and everything, like, it's just, you know, the, the model just wasn't working. And, and that's, like, a, a personal opinion. That's not the company opinion. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like as a consumer and that's aside from cigar industry, right? Like, Oh yeah. It's just, you know, so like, I think, you know, on, on our behalf, like the goal and it, it was spoken about, like, we need to figure out, you know, and we're going to figure out ways to continue to help our business partners bigger and better. And the money that used to go into this trade show, which was a lot of money, like figure out ways to put that money back into the business, into helping these people out. And, yeah. uh, it's it's happening. It's gonna happen. You know, um, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And we we hear that from a lot of people that, um, and you're totally right about that. Things are changing, and um, I don't think any of it, even even as soon as this time next year, and especially going into 2022 and beyond, none of it's going to look the same anymore. It's, I think it's all going to look. No, different. I, I, I mean, <clears throat> even beyond trade show, just, just in general, the business, right? Like, yeah. I, I, how many, you know, God forbid, but like, how many people are going to? I don't think we know the real effects of, of what's happening right now for another year. Oh yeah, right. You know, because uh, there will be look. There's people who aren't going to survive it. They're going to close down. And then there's going to be people that are going to reopen, but like they're on such a deficit. Like how will they be able to catch up? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, like, I don't think we know, you know? Um, so just that alone, it's changing. You know, one thing that, you know, just a couple months ago is like, I call it again, the race to the bottom is just everyone's deep discounting and all this stuff. But even that has stopped, you know, it's slowed down quite a bit Mm -hmm. online, you know, like, you know, I, I grew up knowing 
or always being told by my father, like, if you don't value yourself, nobody else will. And, and luckily I joined mm-hmm. a company that never did that. Right. So like Davidoff never was about discounting or any of that kind of stuff, but like, it's just the whole mentality is going to change. People, companies need to start thinking like consumers. Yeah. You know, because yeah. even consumers are by on discount and cheap cigars. There's only so many that they could buy, man. <laughs> you know, like it gets to the point, like I don't, so I, I think it's about delivering the best value for money, uh, which is beyond just a product. Obviously, you got to deliver the best product possible, but like it's going to go beyond that. It's going to go into experience, yep. you know, and and education and just knowledge of, of, of everything we're doing. And, and, and really, you want to feel like you got your money's worth, you know, and, and yeah. I think a lot of that is what's going to turn into and you know, it, it's going to be an interesting time for the cigar business in the next few years between FDA, COVID, and just economy. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, well, let's transition and shift gears into this week's uh, smokabulary word. And as always, guys, the smokabulary word is brought to you by AJ Fernandez, born and raised in Cuba, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. A.J. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, Mm -hmm. whether it's New World, Dios de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes. You are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So guys, this week's smokabulary word is gum. Mm. So gum is I like double mint. Double mint, you know, bubblicious. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. you got your uh fruit stripe, you yeah. remember fruit, fruit stripe? stripe. Um but no, in the in the world of premium cigars, gum refers to uh well, also known as goma or uh the there's a the brand name Burmacall. It's it's the odorless, flavorless, uh, and colorless uh, substance that is basically used as glue when the cigars are assembled, uh, mostly for um, applying the cap to a premium cigar. Uh, which cap was our vocabulary word just uh, a few weeks ago, I think. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 Burmacall or Goma. And it's used to put the cigars together. It's uh, just sort of a, it's a white powder that's mixed with water and turned into a uh, sort of a clear paste. And it's applied to the wrapper, uh, sometimes right along the seam of the, the wrapper leaf on the inside. Uh, and then mostly, like I said, on the uh, on the cap to keep the cap from unraveling and, and falling apart. So, uh, guys, that is this week's smokabulary word uh, brought to you by A.J. Fernandez. And now it is time for Numero de los Muertos. All right. This week, uh, Numero de los Muertos, like every week, is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio, Dissident, and Emilio, Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit Oveja Negra Cigars 
com to learn more. All right, guys. So, Eddie, I don't know if you uh, know about Numero de los Muertos, but I give a number. I give a number, and it is a cause of death. Sounds a little dark, but we have fun with it. <laughs> and your goal and the goal of everybody watching is to try and guess what this thing is. And I'll give clues and hints along the way. The number this week is 1,314. And that number first started in 1902 with chunks throughout. And our last number happened in 2001. What was the, what was the original number? 1,314, 1,300, we'll call it. So 1,300 since what year? 1902. All right. Oh, Jesus. I wish you would have asked me this before I drank a bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so the first one happened in Glasgow and the last one happened in Johannesburg, South Africa. So, go. Olympics. Uh, <laughs> um, Not the Olympics. We've we did that one actually just a few weeks ago. And and it's worldwide. The numbers worldwide. Correct. Not just North America. Yeah. Um, Glasgow and Johannesburg. Is there an average as far as how many per year? There's really not. Okay. It jumps around quite a bit. Uh, all right. And, and there hasn't been a major one since 2001. So, um, major one since 2001. Is this some kind of outbreak? Mm-hmm. No. No, 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 no. No, because that, that number is too low for an outbreak. Is this. Uh... I think I know what this is. I just want. Am I allowed to Google this? Dude, why not? Yeah, everybody else. Fucking Chad. Did he, did he get it? Well,. He didn't nail it on the head, but it's damn Don't say it. All right. Don't look at your screen because I put it up on the screen. I'll hide it from the screen. I I can't see it from my screen. Okay. So. It wasn't Live 8, right? No. 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 So between 1902 and 2001. It is football stampedes. <laughs> How would you guess that? By the way, I was really off, except for the whole Olympics thing, meaning sports. But Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, specifically wow. about stampedes. Who guessed? How, how did you guess that? Dude, Chad. Chad's was, a regular viewer. Whatever, Chad. And he nailed it. I mean, soccer. I mean, soccer fan fights. That's basically the same as a as a fan stampede at a at a uh, at a soccer match. Chad, not this year. Well, yeah, not this year. Well, and it's <laughs> right, especially not this year. But oh, okay. So Johannesburg World Cup. That's where. Yep. So, um, I mean, uh, first one in. Uh, in Glasgow, Scotland in 1902. And I'm sure it may have happened before, but all over the world at all of these tournaments, and sometimes even before the match starts, people will stampede or it was, um, you know, uh, people trying to get into the stadium and just rushed the stadium 
And then it turns into this massive zoo of people that rush the stands and people get trampled. And um, so 1,300 people. <laughs> it's it's like that old, uh, there was a SNL sketch they did a couple times called Scottish Soccer Hooligans. <laughs> it, reminds me, it reminds me of that with uh, Mike Myers doing his, uh, his uh, Scottish Scottish accent. Yeah. Well, good job, Chad. Dude, have you, ever, have you ever been to – thank you. Have you ever been to a real soccer game? Oh, yeah. We got a new soccer stadium here uh, in Minnesota, and it's really growing in popularity. Huge fan base. Um, and then a few years ago, I got to go to – actually, the University of Minnesota hosted a, um, a, a premium league game and i got to go all right there. so you saw a real game i did right, so you saw a real a game. game and it was yeah. fan freaking tastic yep it's unbelievable um, i went to yeah. one last year in uh madrid it was ridiculous oh, i bet that was fun yeah it was arsenal. it was like it was arsenal versus Ooh, fun fact and i think i don't I'm, remember I th- i'm pretty sure i'm right jay-z used to be an investor in arsenal did you know that I did not know that. Oh, yeah, minority, but still, still another investor. another businessman. He's into a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was this he week's is. numero de los muertos. That was a good one. That like was a good that. one. And and I have yeah, it's a good one. Side note: I have in, in total my time watching soccer on TV has probably totaled about 10 minutes in my entire life. And I've never seen a live game. Um, it's just a game that never did anything for me. I, maybe that'll change. Cause there, there are sports I watch now that I never used to watch. So who knows, maybe it'll, uh, you know, maybe it'll hit me one of these days. It just hasn't so far. Um, but that's just, yeah, I'm, it, I'm, it, a, I'm a weird, uh, elitist American. It's quite right, man. I I I grew, I grew up playing soccer my whole life, man. So, did you know that while it's the most popular sport in the world, where it's played most is ironically the United States, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's and it's it's like what the sixth or seventh most most popular team sport in the United States, which is yeah strange because it's played all over the place. Yeah, here. I know it's taken a long time to get traction, and uh, but it is a great game. We just got our team in Miami. I still identify Miami, even though I'm living in, in, you know, like, but we just got it, you know, David Beckham's the owner. Oh, nice. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of him, you know. I I don't watch (laughs) soccer, but I know who he is, you know. He's kind Um, of a big deal. He is is kind of a a big deal. His hair is a big deal. (laughs) Is yes. He married a Spice Girl. He did. He did. Yep. Um, All right, so. Let's so uh, let's move into our lightning round for the week, and these are these are kind of fun non related questions. So, Eddie, if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for ten minutes, who would it be, and why? Oh my god, I'm gonna try not to answer this like an asshole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> be honest, just do it. I feel the number one answer. One- Oh, no, 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 no. Li- one living person. <sighs> Shit, everyone I'm thinking of is dead right now. <laughs> Who do I find fascinating? That's a hard question. 
give me a minute. No problem. Yep. We'll play the Jeopardy. Anybody? Music. Any? It could. It could be. It could be anybody. Any living. Any, any living person. Just to. Just to hear what they're thinking for ten minutes. And we've Probably heard it all. Buff. Wow. That is a great answer. That is such a good answer. I I like Dude. that answer. So. Going regressing a little bit, did you ever see his Hot Ones episode? I did, and I was actually just as soon as you said that, that's the first thing that came to mind because, because that that ep- that episode opened up a lot for me when it came 100%. to him. Because I didn't real like aside from the fact that he's wild as shit, right. and um, he's extremely hilarious, but he does a lot. He's a true artist. Yeah. Yes. You know, and he's brilliant. And, uh, he, yeah, and the fact that he reinvests so much into creating this artistic, you know, school university, mm-hmm. and he puts out of his own money for people to perform every evening, and 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 bettering people like, uh, you know, and seeing what he did artistically of like, he became the meme god. But that was a strategic yeah. plan. Like he's like, yeah. I strategically mm-hmm. tried to do that. As as it was like a a social experiment, a social art experiment. Like, I think he's quite brilliant, you know? Yep. People like him and Joaquin Phoenix who do, like, social experiments and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they fascinate me. Like, true and true, deep inside, like, before anything you heard about me of what I do, uh, cigar-wise, like, I've, I've been a graphic designer and artist my whole life. So, like, I, I, I love hearing the way people think. So yeah. that's why when you said, like, hey, who would you – think of like the real answer are two people but they pass away right so like the real answer would be i would like to know what's in jim morrison's mind and i would like to know what's in anthony bourdain's mind yeah which by the way today's the day he passed away yeah you know so anthony bourdain to me was an icon you know so bro yeah we've got a lot in common well and and bourdain yeah bourdain was one of those people who um you know he was he was he was just different and, and, uh, and really you could tell when he was, uh, you know, doing what he was doing with the show. I mean, they, he definitely had his moments where, you know, things got out of hand and, you know, he, you know, things didn't go. The yeah. Way but that's what makes him, to. that makes him a, a unique aside from person. Like he's like an art piece. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. his, his, and I've, I've, like that type of stuff has always influenced me my entire life. And it turns into what I do for work. Like when I, when I create projects or whatever I do, like my train of thought where it's coming from is pretty, pretty much in like some weird space, but like he really turns things around and looks at things from a different level and and a human perspective. That's just fascinating. And, um, and I think it's just amazing to me. It was in Thailand when, and I don't remember this episode ever. Dude, so good. Well, I don't know if it made it on the show or if it was behind the scenes when he had the pizza with uh, weed on it delivered to him. Behind the scenes, remember. yeah, it was yeah. Behind so the he did he did one he did one episode he did a whole is when he changed from no reservations to God, what was the other show something the beyond they, or yeah. yeah yeah so he went with um God why am I blanking out his name but the famous guy. Uh, oh, uh, Andy, uh, Andy Richter, who he's a chef, yeah. who's uh, complete American, but like completely engulfed in Thai culture, speaks Thai, and he has 
Pak Pak Thai and all those great restaurants in Portland. And he has some in New York. And that episode, like when I first saw that episode, I was living in Thailand when I saw it. But when I first saw that episode, I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is Picasso. This is art, man. This guy's yeah. fucking brilliant. You know, so another lightning question. Please right. lay it on me or is there only one? <laughs> lightning. Yeah, lightning round consists of one question. No. <laughs> so if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? Oh, my God. That is a, a brilliant question. Can it be a DJ mix? Can it be multiple? Yeah, anything, yeah, anything at all. Yeah. I, I, I think I would stretch out and start doing jumping jacks to rage against the machine. Right? Because I feel like that is... That is going to happen. And then my walkout <laughs> song is Wu- Wu-Tang Clan. And then, yes. like, you know, like it, it's, <laughs> you know, and then that would probably then turn into, you know, ASAP Ferg, like, gonna work. And we're going to do like ground and pound, it, which is essentially my workout playlist. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Love it. I need to get hype. Yeah. All right, so choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie, or you could score or you could score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie. Not an own goal, by the way, a coast to coast. Three of those are the same answer. <laughs> And I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna explain to you why. Hitting a home run as a pitcher. Look, as a pitcher, you're ready to start the game. Yeah. Same thing as a goalie, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the game depends on you, regardless whether you score or not, because you could have so many blocks or you could have so many strikeouts that you're 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 already like big daddy dick in the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's. So, I mean, at, at this point, let's talk about who's going to make more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the U.S., if you're in the U.S., it's NFL. Hands yeah, it's got to be NFL in the U.S. But Yeah, but, the, but see, as a, as, a, as, a, as a lineman, as a lineman, you, you're important, but you're not important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, it's going to be like, all right, man. Don't make near as much as, like, uh, you're like, as quarterbacks. Like, oh, you're just receivers. that big guy. In the, right. Right, yeah. you know, or or so. and honestly, you look at this. You look at the salaries of some of the best starting pitchers in baseball today. Yeah, that's true. They're making bank. And European Dude. league soccer, those guys make bank too. Yeah, I'd probably go with the soccer just because, in my mind, I would love to live internationally, which I have already. But like, I just, I'm I'm looking at the different aspects of it. <laughs> look at You're you. already the man. Picking it apart, I love it. All right, let's. Uh, this this is how I am, man. I'm weird like that. I love it. Let's uh, let's jump ahead into this week's notable smokables. So Eddie, every week Garrett and I talk about a cigar that we smoked over the last week or so that was interesting to us. It could be something that's brand new to the market. It could be something that's been on the market forever. Um, obviously, you being with Davidoff, mostly you're going to smoke your own stuff. But if there's if there's anything that outside of your wheelhouse that that you landed on this last week or two weeks or or so that 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 kind of piqued your interest, um, you know, 
shout it out there. I'm gonna I'll I'll jump in first and give you a second to think about it. So my notable smokable for the week um, is the cigar that I bought at a local shop actually a few months ago, but I just never finally lit it up. And last week I lit up the uh, the La Aurora Carl Malone barrel aged uh, in the robusto size. Um, I've never had that. And you know what? It's it's a good cigar. Um, I was very surprised by it. It's not overwhelmed by that sort of barrel aged flavor. Like some, there are some cigars that, that have that, that, that is just a little too much. Um, but there's not too much of it there. It's, it's, it's a nice, pleasant, medium bodied cigar that's, uh, smoked really well, great burn performance, tons of smoke output and a lot of really good flavors. So I was, Mm -hmm. I was pleased with that one. And mine, um, yeah, it was a great cigar, but it was about the moment, I think, almost more. Um, we pulled in the dock at the uh, the in-laws, and uh, then I got to swing, you know, on a beautiful day outside over the lake and uh, smoking a Caldwell Eastern Standard. Yeah. And, um, yeah, great cigar, but just the, the entire experience of, of being out there and beautiful weather and beautiful scenery yeah sometimes that makes it you know the surroundings oh yeah people a hundred percent man i've had cigars where i was like and then the second i have it in a great surrounding i'm like this is unbelievable and then i try to have it again and i'm like right yeah (laughs) you know like it's i love being pleasantly surprised whether it's from our brand from any other brand like Mm -hmm. again my humidor is filled with a lot you know and um, yeah I love when I pull out something that I've like had thrown there for a while, like years. Dude, I mean, like I still have, I still have hundreds of cigars from like IPCPR, like 2013, you know, like, and every year since then, you know, like just from stuff that people, you know, I love our industry because we're, everyone gives everybody everything, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like every once in a while I'll pull out something where I'm like, man, I shouldn't have been sleeping on the, Right. So I, you know, it's a really weird question for me to ask because I I have right now um, unbelievable access (laughs) to stuff that's just not on market, but it's, it's, it's Davidoff stuff. Um, Yeah. You know, I have a great, and and I I used to have great access to other brands as, as well. It's just this past, this past two weeks has, you know, been pretty much exclusively, our brands yeah absolutely because it is what it is yeah and that makes that makes uh, perfect sense plus you're in a good position where you know you're you're with davidoff so you know that's it's it's a brand that's i I got some fuego that that i could you know it's it's a trusted brand that's that's been you know um, uh, honestly it's been a marquee brand in the cigar industry uh, for as long as most people can remember so not a bad position to be. yeah so i have I have two things that kind of blew me away. Um, I don't know why I can never answer just one. I always have two. Jesus Christ. So um, just trolling through the warehouse as I do, you know, there's always like those pallets in the back of, of stuff that you don't, you know, this, I trapped inventory. Like it's been sold out, but there was a couple boxes because the boxes were damaged. They couldn't sell the yeah. product, but the product inside is absolutely perfect. Yeah. So, um, 
Oh, bummer, right? So, yeah. so here comes this guy. Right. Here comes this guy. Like, I will help what you. What do you got back there? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I snagged myself a Camacho Liberty 2013 box. The, the box was damaged, but it's filled with Liberty 13. Now, what was awesome about this? Every Liberty's in a coffin, right? Yeah. But in that time, there was no cello. They were just in tissue paper. Yeah. So you have from 2013 to now where it's just been engulfed in cedar, which is this guy's jam. Yeah. You know, and it was caked in plume. I mean, caked to where when I pulled it out, my brand ambassador for for Camacho Navo, George Remy, was like, ooh. Like, he looked at it real quick. He's like, ooh. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is plume. (laughs) <laughs> and then he went, oh, right. Uh, so that that was that was special. Mm-hmm. That was so special that I grabbed the rest of the box. I was like, I got to keep these and like hide them. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing was, of course, in that same tour, I did a little bit of a tour through the Davidoff section and a tour de Gustad Davidoff, which is a. One of those vault limited edition things that happens overseas. And, yeah. you know, we had like a bundle or two in there that, and I took a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no, I hope no one's watching. <laughs> Just say you may or may but not, like, then you're covered. Yeah. But dude, like, I had it and I was like, I ha- it was so damn good that I called the factory in DR and be like, dude, what blend was this? <laughs> like, how yeah. do I get some of this again? You know? And they're like, nah, it's not happening. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really good. So life's pretty cool when it comes to that. Absolutely. That is awesome. Absolutely. Um, I so- do got some great gems, man. But th- that was the past two weeks. I got some good gems from other companies. But yeah, that was well, it's, always, it's always nice to you know dig through uh, dig through the humidor and find something that you forgot you had, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's or didn't even know because you're new in the company and everybody there is just like right. Yeah, I right? don't know what's back there. Whatever you want, take of it, and then you're just like <laughs> sucks to be you, Eddie. Yeah, man, that's rough, brother. <laughs> that is so. I rough. Got, it's it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so guys, let's talk about, uh, some stuff we have coming up. Um, so next week and for real, stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> so next week, only because we've had to reschedule a few times with this particular guest, just because of some, some shipping snafus. Cause if, if you've tried to ship anything in the last couple of months, you know, that shipping anything is a nightmare right now. So, um, but it's uh, all, it is, it's all squared away next week. On June 16th, we're going to talk to Tim Swanson from American Viking Cigars. Um, finally, we're, it's finally going to happen, so we're excited to have him on the show. We talked on the phone yesterday, and we're all squared away for next uh, for next Tuesday night. Uh, and then the following Tuesday night on the 23rd, we're going to talk to uh, Enrique Sanchez from Global Premium Cigars uh, and the 1502 Cigars brand. Uh, and we're excited to talk to him. He's... Uh, Somebody that I got to know in uh, in Nicaragua a few years ago, and uh, great guy, and uh, excited to learn more about fifteen oh two cigars and bring you guys that 
information as well. Um, so Eddie, give everybody a final idea. Where's the best place for them to get all the info they need about uh, Avo, Davidoff, and all the Davidoff family of brands? I mean, uh, the I, w- I would say that the, the most obvious answer is our website, right? <laughs> so davidoffofgeneva.com. Um, as well as, you know what? Uh, our social media channels, to be honest, as well. Like, there's a daily plethora of information that just hits, you know, whether it's, you know, upcoming events, upcoming virtual events, like this cool stuff that we're doing. Um, th- those are really the two best places, to be honest. Um, okay. Very good. So, um, so very Eddie- generic answer, but... It no, is what it is. that's, that's what it is. Yeah, we want everybody to know where to get the info if uh, you know if they want to learn more. Um, Eddie, seriously, man, we we're so grateful you spent some time with us on the show tonight, and um, we hope you had a good time. My and pleasure. We look forward to having you back on the show again someday. Oh, likewise, likewise, and you know, you have some mail coming. <laughs> we are we are very excited about that. We definitely. Are. We have some mail coming, and there's some more mail coming after that mail. I love because, mail. I mean, what you're getting, can I talk about what you're getting real quick, just for a quick second? Of course, sure. whatever you want. You're going to be getting the new Special 53 Davidoff. Hmm, Special 53, coming out. you say. Special hmm. 53. Yes, <laughs> which, 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 that's going to be a different show with Klaus, but forget mm-hmm. about that right now. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you're going to be getting uh, the new Camacho Liberty 2020, right? Which is awesome. And that's coming with its new buddy, the brand new Camacho Nicaragua that's going to come out in July. Wow. Nice. Which nice. is, we didn't talk about it tonight, but we will in the future because that is a spectacular piece of tobacco. And, um, and it's coming with some cool toys, you know. So, um, yeah, but look forward to that. It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be yeah. a good year. We have good products. That's awesome. Well, so. We're grateful for. Yeah, we're grateful for it. We yeah, and we uh, you know we've uh, it's been exciting to get to know you know all the, there's so many people like you said already that that you know are part of uh, of the Davidoff family and you know getting to know you and, 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 and Klaus and some of the other people who are, uh, you know, part of that Davidoff family. It's been, uh, it's been rewarding for us and, and, you know, just exciting to get uh, more information to, to our viewers and, and, and listeners about, you know, some, so because they're, it's so varied there. It's, it's a, it's a very, uh, it is, uh, uh, you know, diverse group of products. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's been exciting, you know, for us to let people know more about everything that's going on within the, uh, you know, within the Davidoff. No, and it's our pleasure, man. You know, we want to, uh, we want to communicate with the people, you know, it's dehumanizing, obviously, like there are faces behind uh, the brand, you know. Um, And it's fun, man. Like it's, it's fun for us too. Yeah. Don't let anyone lie to you. This is this is fun <laughs> for us too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then hopefully when this all eases up, you know, I mean, and hopefully in the near future, um, you know, the return of Camp Camacho and then, you know, be some invites on the way because that'll be a fun 
experience. Yeah, it would be, it would be so. great if things can start mm-hmm. opening up again, you know, because for for consumers to to be able to go and visit the factories and, and see the process firsthand, um, that's also extremely rewarding. And once things are open again, it is man highly to everybody, everybody who listens and watches that if you ever have a chance to go on a factory tour, Camp Camacho included, go because it is it is so eye opening and it's and cool, man. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely cool. So, guys, thank you, as always, for watching and listening. If you have any questions, you can hit us up on HowAboutThatCigar.com. Sign up for the email list. Uh, Like us and share us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys.